Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is 68 degrees just after 7 p.m. here on a very, very big day in politics in Minnesota. Both the Republican and Democratic uh, endorsing conventions have happened in Duluth and in Rochester. The biggest headline by far is the fact that the DFL in Rochester, the DFL delegates, have endorsed Representative Aaron Murphy as their endorsed candidate for governor. Susie Jones, our Susie Jones from the WCCO newsroom, was in Duluth is, or is, was in Rochester, is still in Rochester. And Susie, take, walk us through what happened. <laughs> It was a crazy day, crazy day, Esme. Um, the first ballot had uh, Tim Walls, Congressman Tim Walls, ahead of Aaron Murphy, State Representative Aaron Murphy, and Rebecca Otto, the state auditor, was the third candidate. She did not fare very well at all in the first ballot, and so there was the second ballot, as you know, and she didn't do well then either, Rebecca Otto. And she took the podium, Esme, and said that, you know, they didn't do as well as expected and that they she was going to take the weekend to basically think about it is kind of what she said. So then probably, I mean, it all happened kind of fast. She comes out on the floor with Tim Walls, arm in arm, arms up. And it looks this, like this, this is Rebecca Otto, the state auditor. Correct. Rebecca Otto is comes in back on the floor of the convention hall with Tim Walls, arms up, and so it looks as though Rebecca Otto is joining with Tim Walls, asking her delegates to vote for him. But what actually was happening is that those two encouraged their delegates to actually vote for no endorsement, saying they didn't want an endorsement, they just wanted to have Everyone go to the primary, you know, because obviously Tim Walls, as you know, Esme, was going to go to the primary anyway, whether he was endorsed or not. So then it became sort of tense because people were not sure what was going on. Um, There was a lot of raucous on the floor, uh, breaking out into chanting back and forth between the Murphy camp and the Walls camp. And as the balloting continues, three, four, five, It was curious because people were wondering if Aaron Murphy would continue to get more votes or would, in fact, there be a growing number of votes for no endorsement option. Well, Aaron Murphy inched up, inched up, and got 58.7% of the vote, and it was clear that the no endorsement effort was not going to work. And then probably then they took a, a prayer break at five fifteen, five thirty, and then after that, 
Ken Martin, the DFL party chair, took the podium and announced that Aaron Murphy was the endorsed candidate. Wow. Now, let me just say something. While that's happening, because I'm there by myself, so I'm inside covering that, outside, Tim Walls held a rally with you know, his whole camp saying, we will win, I believe that we will win, rallying his troops for an August primary. So it's been right. really just a whirlwind of a day. Right. And and just, you know, so the bottom line is that Representative Aaron Murphy, and I think this has to be seen as an upset, wins the endorsement over Tim Walls, over Rebecca Otto. They all can still go to that August 14th primary, which Tim Walls always has said, Congressman Tim Walls has always said, if he didn't get the endorsement, he would go to that August primary. But Representative Aaron Murphy's strong showing, you know, extremely strong showing, was a surprise here. And obviously her uh, supporters are energized. She had extraordinary endorsements. And we're going to get some perspective here from Blois Olson here in just a few minutes. But really, the endorsements she got were, were remarkable. She was the earliest. She was the first candidate to get into this race, I mean, well over a year ago. And I, I remember talking to people you know, sort of through the course of the past year. And, and when you ask people about Representative Aaron Murphy's campaign, I, I will say when you talk to people from Little Falls or Bemidji, you would hear that she had been there not just once, but twice. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you could argue that she actually worked harder, but she she delivered on this. And there was some great video that my colleague at, at TV, Pat Kessler, retweeted Showing her dancing, yeah, <laughs> you know, busting some moves there. I mean, this yeah. was an amazing, amazing victory. Yeah, jumping up and down. I talked to delegates as well at the convention, and one woman I spoke to from the Iron Range said, "This goes to your story, Esme." But she went up to the range and she toured a mine. I mean, she really got with the people of Minnesota to find out who they are. And what their lives are like. Now, you know, will that be enough to get her over the top August 14th? I guess we'll have to see. Because Tim Walls has got a powerful campaign. And and, a lot of money. And a lot of money. A lot of money. uh, (laughs) And a lot of people. I mean, there were tons of... It was really rocking in the beginning with the Murphy camp and the Walls camp. Right. Um, yeah. So Aaron Murphy pulls off the upset. Another unpredictable aspect of the DFL convention in Rochester, mm-hmm. Susie, is the fact that Lori Swanson yeah. didn't get the endorsement. Uh, what are you hearing there, and what is the read? Did she just take it for granted? Because this is, I believe, a four-term you know, AG here. Well, she actually withdrew her name from the endorsement process. She did not get it. She withdrew her name. Well, of course, that has everyone speculating. A lot of people I talked to wondering if she, because Tuesday is the deadline for filing. So I actually had a conversation with Ember Reichscott Young because she was at the in the press area, sure. and the thought was that Lori Swanson, Attorney General Lori Swanson, will go register to run for governor and that whoa okay well listen we've got boys we've got boys olsen standing by here but that's that's yeah that would really and then 
almost like get out with not enough time to get somebody else in her spot. So there could be some real political wranglings going on here in the next couple of days. Well, well, that's that is um, that certainly would be remarkable. But um, to say the least, obviously a significant win for Representative Aaron Murphy getting that DFL endorsement. Yes, there will be a primary uh, between uh, obviously. Uh, Representative Murphy, Congressman Walls, we're not sure if Rebecca Otto will stay in there. And right. then another huge primary uh, on on the GOP side with right. Commissioner Jeff Johnson getting the endorsement up in Duluth. Tim Pawlenty not even, not even going to the convention saying, hey, I, I'm just going to wait for the primary. So a lot at stake here. Well, Susie Jones, thank you so much for all the hard work. Uh, down in Rochester today. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be joined by Blois Olson. <laughs> Esme Murphy here on a Saturday night, 726. Uh, some big news out of the DFL convention in Rochester. Representative Aaron Murphy, State Representative Aaron Murphy, has been endorsed by the DFL convention as their candidate for governor. A big surprise. Another surprise out of the DFL convention was that Lori Swanson, the veteran attorney general, did not get the endorsement out of the GOP convention in Duluth. Perhaps some more predictable news, uh, Hennepin County Commissioner Jeff Johnson, who was the GOP candidate for governor against Governor Mark Dayton in 2014, was uh, announced or was endorsed uh, by a voice vote, essentially. But the big news, the DFL convention, Blois Olson joining us right now. Blois, thank you so much for your time. What do you make of this? Well, I mean, I think there is some surprise at the DFL convention, but I think, as you mentioned recently, Murphy had a lot of momentum. So I think the bigger surprise is the Lori Swanson not being endorsed. And I think that does change many dynamics that we can speculate all day long on until Tuesday at five when filing closes. But I think if you really look at that DFL governor's endorsement race, Murphy in the last few weeks picked up major endorsements from AFSCME, which was Mark Dayton's key endorsement eight years ago, SEIU, which is a growing union, Faith in Minnesota, which is a new progressive group tied to Isaiah of Minnesota. Um, and then the, the other piece is that the nurses, Erin Murphy is a nurse. She's a former executive director of the Minnesota Nurses Association. They ran a whole separate campaign, unlike had ever been done before, um, on her behalf. They ID delegates. They had persuasion. They had a presence on the floor. That's usually limited to campaigns, but the nurses argued they were a part of the DFL um, coordinated campaign and that they could run their own campaign. And so I think you look at all those factors and and that's really you'd look at Erin Murphy and say she kind of peaked and gained momentum at the right time. But we can't ignore the fact that Tim Walls led on the first ballot and you and I as may have watched these conventions happen before. It's not the first ballot sets a tone, but it's the maneuver after that first ballot that changes the dynamic. And that was the fascinating thing that happened in Rochester. Right. Well, you know, the thing that that I and I mentioned it earlier, you know, when I talk to people about Representative Aaron Murphy, it appears that if you looked at who worked the hardest, I think it was her. 
in terms of going to all of these, you know, wonderful communities all over the state of Minnesota multiple times, really cultivating and, and studying the dynamics of the convention, it seems like she put more work into it at every phase of this, you know, election so far. She always says about herself and has for many years that she's the mighty Murphy, that she's been <laughs> underestimated. And the travel was certainly part of that. And if you think back to caucus night where she had a strong showing in the caucus and the weak showing was from Chris Coleman, who many people thought would be right. Walls' Walls's competition in greater Minnesota. It instead turned to Murphy. When then Coleman and Thiessen drop out very quickly, that w- that gave Murphy confidence that all of her travel and all of her relationships that she had built across the state um, could would not be divided by the others being in the race. In terms of um, you know looking forward here, because you've got this dynamic, and I, I do want to get to the Lori Swanson situation because that yep. that's important, and we do have to break for weather here because I know some folks are listening for weather, but. You, 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 we're, we have two very contentious primaries for both on the DFL side and on the Republican side going into this August 14th primary. I mean, you, you've got Tim Pawlenty and Jeff Johnson squaring off. That's not going to be pretty. And then you've got, to say the least, you've got Representative Aaron Murphy and you've got Tim Walls. And do we know about Rebecca Otto? We don't yet. Rebecca Otto has put out a statement that even though she said she would abide by the endorsement, she's going to talk it over with friends and supporters and her running mate in the next couple of days and then make a decision. That alone suggests that um, the DFL primary could get more crowded than just be a two-way race. And you're right. The Republican side with Jeff Johnson versus Tim Pawlenty is also going to be highly contentious. And as you tweeted earlier, the big winners are going to be people <laughs> who are selling TV and radio ads because there's going to be a lot of them before August. Right. But can you recall, Blois, a time when this August 14th primary has had so much at stake? I mean, certainly I remember back to 2010 when uh, now Governor Mark Dayton bypassed the, the endorsing convention and went straight to the primary. You had uh, the, the former or then Speaker Margaret Anderson Kelleher running for governor, very popular, very well-liked. It, w- it was a tough primary, but I don't recall a similarly tough primary that year on the Republican side, but I may be missing my, – my, my memory might be short-lived. No, uh, that was when um, Tom Emmer was the Republican endorsed okay. candidate. So, so he, he had that Cyprus. locked up. But, but, has there ever, locked up. but has there ever been something with, with, with really such political heavyweights on both sides vying for this August 14th primary? For the governors. I think you have to go back to either 1994 or 1998. 1998, you remember that Humphrey, Mondale, uh, Got it. Dayton were all in the DFL primary. Um, the Republican primary was Norm Coleman. He was kind of the defi- – but there was another person in that primary. And in 94, remember that incumbent Arnie Carlson was challenged by endorsed Alan Quist, and John Marty was challenged in my brain is escaping me on the DFL side, but you're right. It's been a long time since we've had two contentious and those primaries were in September. They weren't in August. Got it. Okay. All right. Cause that's, I mean, and, and that seems like a lifetime ago, 
right now, certainly a generation well, ago. tells you how long we've been. I know. <laughs> well, you remembered it. I, I, I could not. Listen, boys, we do have to take a break and get, get some uh, weather and pay some bills here. But then we'll, yep. at the back end, we want to come back with you for, for some more perspective on this because really, as you mentioned, we're, we're really entering some, some uncharted territory here, especially in these summer months and especially, as you pointed out, those other contentious primaries so many years ago, back in the early 90s, in September. This is in the middle of August, and that's a tough one for a lot of people in Minnesota. So keep it right here, Esme Murphy, along with Blois Olson, breaking down the results of the dramatic nominating or endorsing conventions, both in Rochester and Duluth for the GOP and the DFL. It is 7.39 on a Saturday night with Esme Murphy, also along with Blois Olson. Developing news here at the DFL convention, endorsing convention in Rochester. Representative Aaron Murphy is endorsed as their candidate for governor over Congressman Tim Walls and State Auditor Rebecca Otto. Uh, a surprise, somewhat of a surprise, although it was clear, as Blois Olson was mentioning earlier, that Representative Murphy appeared to be ha- having some kind of momentum as she racked up these impressive endorsements over the last few weeks. Um, Blois, we're heading to a primary on the DFL side and on the GOP side for governor. Uh, your thoughts about the DFL side here and also this August 14th date? Well, we really haven't had two big primaries in August. Um, I think this is going to be just the third August primary that we've had in an even-numbered year since it switched, maybe the fourth. Right. But you know, it usually it's the Tuesday, uh, first Tuesday after the first Monday that's not a holiday in September. And and boys, didn't excuse me, didn't it switch because of laws mandating that those overseas serving in our military have access to ballots? That was one of the big reasons, but it was also um, an effort by the parties to make sure that there was enough. There was a, a good deal of time between the primary and the general election to have a good general election campaign. They wanted to move it from two to three. There's, you know, frankly, there's quite a few people who actually want a June primary, like many states, but that's a right. different discussion. It just, it, yeah. And, and I, I guess, I mean, you know, and, and this is Minnesota. I do think that the August 14th date isn't a great one. <laughs> you know, we have so much, you know, in terms of, you know, really nice weather to really enjoy the out of doors. I'm sorry for the folks that enjoy the super cold weather, but I think it's, it's a tough date and, and this is a big deal. Well, exactly. Minnesotans are very focused on summer life. Um, that Tuesday in August is not going to be the kind of time people are thinking about it. I think of what it really means this year is the state fair really is the first kickoff of the campaign because think about it, you're going to be coming straight out of that primary into the state fair. And you're really going to get a sense of if Minnesotans have paid attention to that primary or if they've, they're just going to start to tune into a general election. And then what you basically have in 2018 in both parties is a, an argument or a, a discussion between the grassroots or the endorsing or the power brokers uh, and the money, you know, money investors um, on both sides. So you have Tim Pawlenty versus Jeff Johnson. Johnson today also picked up the endorsement of Michelle Bachman. 
he is going to Oh, he have- did. I did. I wasn't aware of that. So Michelle Bachman, uh, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, has endorsed Jeff Johnson. Yep. And you add that to Tim Pawn. He's Lieutenant Governor Carol Molnow endorsing him. And you're going to have the opportunity for Johnson to contrast himself. Now, there is no doubt, similar to the DFL side, that Tim Pawlenty, like Tim Walls, will have more, likely have more resources, um, more money to spend on TV ads. I think that Walls and Pawlenty will try to begin to run a general election campaign, while Murphy and Johnson will really be fighting with that grassroots piece. Now, this is not unlike the national scene where grassroots Bernie Sanders, grassroots some would, many would say Donald Trump won it on the grassroots, having a populist message. And so you're going to see that same sort of dynamic play out in Minnesota. All right. Let, let's break it down um, by both of these primaries, because really the, these, are, these are fascinating matchups. And we don't know yet what Rebecca Otto will do, uh, because she's somebody who has come out with a very progressive, sort of a Bernie Sanders-esque uh, campaign platform. She she came in third here. We don't know if she is going to try and go to the primary. We don't know what she's going to do. But if it's just Aaron Murphy and just Tim Walls, uh, obviously Tim Walls does have, and you mentioned the issue of money, he does have more money. Uh, they They go and they try and fight it out. Historically, the turnout is not enormous here. But I, I will say for Erin Murphy, she's got this organization behind her that clearly delivered. You mentioned that the maneuvering of, of the rules and, and the way the whole convention worked. They were ready. They were prepared. They, were. they knew they knew what to do. And, and that's a lot of it. And she's put in the work uh, versus Tim Walls, who is a very skilled uh, pol- politician, who is somebody who is very charismatic, uh, who, you know, can can and has a you know, a, a very progressive running mate in Peggy Flanagan. What are your thoughts about that matchup? Because we're going to probably have to take a break, and then we'll do the, the Tim Pawlenty versus sure. Jeff Johnson. You know, I, I I mean, I think if it stays those two, then you're really going to have this grassroots versus, um, and you're, you're also going to have public sector unions versus building trades unions. Okay, so you're going to have different loyalties within the DFL. But as may I have to say it, and I don't want to speculate too much, I think there is a very good chance that either that there's another campaign that emerges before Tuesday, potentially. Tom Bach has said that if Aaron Murphy or somebody else other than Tim Walls is endorsed, he would seriously consider it. And the reason is there's a so this is, this is Tom Bach would consider it. Yep, Tom Bach would consider it because there is a competitive DFL primary in the eighth congressional district, which would be Bach's strength. And so I think if it is Murphy versus Walls, it's much more clean cut. If it's not, this thing will be more muddy and you and I will be talking about it on Tuesday and, and night. So, and so tell us, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? What is Tom Bach going to do? You know, I, I don't know, but he's not on the ballot for the Senate. Um, and I think that, I think that they, he's been itching to run for governor. He ran uh, eight years ago, um, and I think he's, he's going to want to run again. Um, I think either he or Lori Swanson, not both of them, are are likely to jump into that governor's race. Obviously, on the DFL side. Yes. Okay. So, the so, one thing last so, so that and that that would be a free for all. Yes. The last thing I'll say about Rebecca Otto, she has said in print many times that she would abide by the DFL endorsement. I think there is a very narrow window for her to run 
but as the Green Party candidate for governor because of her strong environmental platform. But you think there is a chance in the coming days and and the you know the, and for folks listening here you know you got the endorsing convention we're talking about the primary there's another date and it's June 5th that Blois has mentioned and and that's the deadline to file. So I, I I could theoretically march over to um I guess it's the Secretary of State's office and yep. file for governor. The Murphy the, the other Murphy, the other Murphy, whatever. I'm not going to. And, and by the way, we're not related. I've had a few questions like Murphy's kind of like um, for, for, for the Scandinavians out there. Murphy's kind of like the Andersons and the Johnsons. <laughs> it's a very common name. Uh, but you're saying that you think there is a chance. And, and Susie Jones alluded to this earlier, uh, that, that Lori Swanson could jump into the governor's race. And you think there's also a chance that Tom Bach could jump into the governor's race? Yes. The other, the other thing I will say, too, just as we're playing out all the scenarios, Aaron Murphy has yet to name a running mate. And I think that's going to happen tomorrow. And she has also said she will talk to Walls and Otto in the coming days to see if they can avoid a primary. So I said a couple weeks ago in Morning Take, don't be shocked if there's some sort of brokered convention. We didn't have it in the convention, but there's still three days for the DFL to invo- avoid a primary. And you really think Tim Walls is going to avoid a primary? No, not today. <laughs> but Asmane, this is Minnesota, and crazy <laughs> things happen here. Okay, all right. So you you have just laid out some some you know a lot of scenarios, and let me yep. just uh, let's see. The fifth is. Third, fourth, fifth. That's Tuesday. Okay, so in, in other in other words, you're saying stay tuned. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, a lot of interesting scenarios. We do have to take a quick break, boys. I do want to get into the Tim Pawlenty versus Jeff Johnson uh, primary because Tim Pawlenty, obviously a, a star of Minnesota politics, somebody who is a national figure. He won a first time in 2002, 2006. Now he's coming back 12 years after his first victory. The last Republican, and this is almost amazing to me, the last Republican to win statewide office, Tim Pawlenty. He's coming back. Can he pull it off? More with Boyce Olson after this on News Radio 830 WCCO. It is 7.52 on News Radio 830 WCCO. Esme Murphy along with Blois Olson. We are recapping right now, if you're just joining us, uh, the results of the GOP endorsing convention for governor. Hennepin County Commissioner Jeff Johnson wins it. He gets the endorsement. He will be facing off against former Governor Tim Pawlenty uh, in the August 14th primary on the DFL side. In more of a surprise and upset, uh, State Representative Aaron Murphy, Bess Congressman Tim Walls, and State Auditor Rebecca Otto. Uh, it appears that Congressman Walls and uh, Hennepin uh, and Representative Murphy will be headed to the primary on August 14th. Will others jump in? Boyce Olson, if you're just joining us, said that it's possible. Look for possibly Tom Bach and perhaps Lori Swanson to jump in. Uh, the deadline for filing is June 5th. But now we're going to break down this Republican contest uh, on August 14th, the primary, with Blois. Uh, 
Jeff Johnson versus uh, former Governor Tim Pawlenty. Your thoughts about former Governor Tim Pawlenty? He has been sort of out of state politics for quite a while now. He has, but you're right that he is the last Republican to win statewide. He definitely has kind of, I'd say, put his band back together. Many of the people who supported him before. He is favored not just by kind of the traditional um, larger business groups, but many Republicans voted for no no endorsement today at the party convention, almost 10%. And so there is this sense that, you know, he would be the um, strongest candidate in November. And Republicans both in Minnesota and nationally really want and see the governor's office as the main prize for this year. That's why Polanyi got in late. He told many other people who were thinking about getting in, including Kirk Dowd, um, look, if you get in, I probably won't. Um, he didn't necessarily want to jump in. He waited as long as he could. But I think the pressure built um, that they felt like he was the strongest candidate the Republicans could field. And then, again, he has a certain liberty now, having left and come back, having avoided and not gone to the convention this weekend, he can kind of, I think, run his own way. He doesn't need to worry about kind of the things he's worried about in the past, either a challenge um, within the party or anything like this. This is um, very common for former governors to do. Tommy Thompson tried to do it in Wisconsin. John Engler tried to do it in Michigan. But it's also very uphill because, well, he's more popular today, according to polling I have seen in Minnesota. Um, he didn't leave office very popular. And now Jeff Johnson is going to run uh, a primary campaign. that's going to be highly critical of him. And Johnson supporters are already tweeting things about, you know, his fiscal policy when he was governor, uh, the fact that, you know, he wasn't as conservative as he claims to be. And that ultimately is the primary voter. Just like the DFL primary voter is very liberal, the Republican primary voter is very conservative. Does Governor Tim Pawlenty have a Donald Trump problem? What do you mean by that? Well, in the weeks before the 2016 election, oh, uh, yeah, after, after yeah. that TMZ uh, video came out, right before the election, Governor Tim Pawlenty, you know, certainly the, the most popular Republican in, in decades statewide, yep. came out and said he was unfit. And, yeah. and and Jeff Johnson's using that against him. I think that's part of the dynamics that played out in Pawlenty avoiding the convention. It became clear that Pawlenty wasn't going to, you know, win endorsement. He was probably going to be more criticized if he was there in person than if he uh, avoided it. And you're right. The real question is, how many Republican primary voters are big Trump fans or would use that as the deciding factor? You and I both know that Governor Pawlenty can be a very pointed and creative communicator in his own right. Um, you know, at different times, he has been able to really use the bully pulpit um, and get people's reaction, which is ultimately what Trump does. But if Jeff Johnson tries to run the primary based on Pawlenty's lack of support for Donald Trump. I think that then sets even both Johnson and Pawlenty up for a difficult conversation when it gets to November. 
It is going to be tough. And, and, and boys, I got to cut you off because we do have to take a break. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of spots here left over from the Twins game. But, you know, Blois, you, you're on every morning with Dave Lee. We certainly will be a lot to talk about. I can say that. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you, Esme. Talk to you soon. Okay, absolutely. Blois Olson, you can hear him every morning with Dave Lee. A lot to talk about. Continue the conversation with uh, David Schultz after this. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 